0: Bird's Eye View, one, When it comes to the Orioles, this weekly podcast is your official source for a lack of insight and baseless opinion. Today is August 23rd, 2016. This is episode 177. I'm Scott Magnus, and I'm here with my big boy, my color commentator, my getting shifted downwards in the lineup to the six hole, Jake English. For those listening to us, you should be checking us out at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. You can also be checking us out on other sites that we'd like to participate in, such as Baltimore SportsReport.com and Baseballtalkradio.com. Check us out on third party platforms such as Google Play Music and iTunes, please. If you do so and you use those applications, give us a review, give us a rating, because we'd like to know we're not speaking into the great abyss, which is Birdland. Social media on Facebook, Google Plus, Periscope, Instagram, Snapchat, um, but most importantly, Twitter at birdseye view. B-A-L, where you can catch us in 140 characters or less. With that, drink of the week. Jake, I'm going to start it off this week. So I'm going to go and do a gin and tonic. Um, I actually went out and got this one beer this weekend. Um, it was a Weimar Brothers beer. Uh, it was a sour ale, apparently, with a blood orange pre I thought it was going to be really good, but I didn't know it was a sour ale. And uh, I'm not a big sour ale fan, so I took one sip, immediately spit it out, um and went back to my gin and tonic so that is a six pack down the drain if anyone out there is looking to basically have a sour ale given to them shoot me a message because um i'll bring the sour ale to
1: the next ball game and you can take it back to your car how about you jake uh, me, I'm I'm going with an old favorite. I'm I'm drinking uh, a loose cannon. But Scotty, I'm going to steal the podcast for a second. Okay, uh, I want to talk about something here on the drink of the week. Looks like you also have a ball light there. I do. Okay, I'm, I'm an equal opportunity drinker. Okay, uh, I want to talk about something that I did yesterday. Kids are out of town with the in laws this week. Uh, getting getting ready for for school. How did you manage that? Uh, I it was voodoo doll territory. It, yeah, there was an old priest and a young priest involved. Wife and I went out on a date. had a, had a great day. Spent the whole day out. Um, part of the day was spent uh, doing a wine tour of uh, of Harford County, a couple of tastings. And I know that we don't talk a whole lot about wine on this program. You and I are beer and gin people, uh, but I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Harford Vineyards. And uh, this is not <laughs> this is not an advertising spot, uh, but I definitely think that you should check it out. If you are a wine aficionado, please go out and, and check them out. They are. Uh, open for tastings, and the facility is beautiful. We talked with uh, Kevin, one of the proprietors there, walked us through uh, a little bit of his business, how he goes about doing things. He gave us the tasting uh, personally, and the most important stuff is that the wine was great. And I'm a, I'm a big, deep reds kind of guy. I don't like white wines. I liked everything we tasted there. The fact that I didn't spit out the whites was important. Uh, so again, if you are a, a wine person... Please check out Harford Vineyards. I had a great time. The facility, like I said, is beautiful. It's uh, available to be rented for parties. They're going to do some uh, some purple Sunday type of deal. Uh, make sure you check them out. Um, and uh, you can contact them at mail at harfordvineyards.com. Reds in Maryland. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So what would you have? Well, we ended up leaving with a bottle of the, uh, of the Cab Franc. Ah, uh, okay. But the Malbec was actually really good.
0: Okay. And you didn't even have to go to Argentina
1: to get it. Absolutely not.
0: All right. Well, for those that actually want to follow us and figure out what we're actually drinking when we're drinking beer, follow us on Untapped. I'm at M A G N 8606 and Jake is at JakeE4025. And with that, let's go ahead and uh, wrap ourselves up and head on over to the medical wing. Time for your
1: check-off. Time for your check-off. I'm going to check your ears, check your eyes, find out how much you Time for your
0: Going to listen to your heartbeat. Wait for the
1: giggle. Ready. It's okay if he does. There's the giggle.
0: All right. Jake, uh, Darren O'Day, shoulder injury, still getting over it.
1: Um, I think we're all still recovering. We're still recovering. Darren yeah. O'Day's shoulder, yeah. Uh, also, we have Joey Rickard, who's uh, thumbs up, Scott. He may be back in September, according to the team. Frankly, I thought they were just going to hide him.
0: Yeah. Um, well, do you really need to hire him if he's going to be in the 40 man as it is? So he can go in there and sit on the bench and eat sunflower seeds. Uh, and Matt Wheaters, who was out for a few days uh, with the birth of his baby, uh, second baby, uh, Micah, I think was his name, um, following with Maverick. So apparently there was an M theme going through that household in the
1: Wheaters family. Um, yeah, here's the thing. It took a long time because uh, Really disappointed they didn't call him Goose, by the way. The person delivering the uh, baby was actually Buster Posey, who mm. went in there and said, look, are we going to do this? Got shut out. See, I thought the issue was the doc kept on
0: catching the baby and then bringing it downwards out of the strike zone.
1: You know, famous <laughs> famous comedy bit uh, about uh, trying to deliver a baby like uh, Johnny Bench. I wonder if that got brought up during the uh, during the delivery. I
0: have a tendency to believe it did.
1: So I think we spent probably enough time uh, on on bad birthing jokes. For, yes, uh, for uh, Matt weeders. Well, you
0: know, he is the one catcher probably that can still have babies after uh, the Caleb Joseph incident. <laughs> but anywho, let's go to 100 favorite characters or less. This week on the Twitters.
1: Scott, I broke the rules with uh, Drink of the Week, oh. and I'm, I'm going to break the rules again. Okay. In fact, this is almost in direct response to a question we got once. Somebody said, hey, 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 I see you do this 140 characters or less this week on the Twitters. Why don't you ever give Reddit any love? There's a, a vibrant subreddit community there for is. Birdland, and those guys are great. Those people are great. Excuse me. Uh, so here's a little something we found on Reddit, but... Let's listen to it first.
2: Giveaway fans will be texting about all offseason long. 135 game against the Strohs Sunday, the Birdland Power Company emoji t-shirt. It has digital versions of some of your favorite sluggers. Get your tickets at orioles.com or 888-848-BIRD. How did those uh, emojis come to be anyway, Gary? Pretty impressive, right? They just took off. Well, that's a long story, Mike. <laughs> But with a foul ball, we get to tell it. (laughs) It was a vehicle from outer space. And it landed in the deserts of Arizona approximately a year and a half ago. And these little people got out. And they walked out. And they had all these little designs all over their shirts. And even on the pants that they wore. We pause now for a pitch. Here's the 0-1 delivery. Thank you. And there was a man living alone, solitary, in the desert, who all of his life had tried to find a way to make a living. Hadn't done it, so he just kind of left society. And he saw these little people walking around with these designs on his shirt, and he said, Emoji! And thus, it began. I'm glad you told that story, (laughs) not me. Nobody would have believed me.
1: (laughs) Well, Mark Bardock, no one ever would have believed you, but... uh... Gary Thorne is a national treasure. (laughs) And absolutely uh national treasure. seriously, what the heck was that? I have no idea, you know, I'm not watching t v these days. I don't get that kind of a nugget from the radio. that came from a uh, a poster over on a, a redditor excuse me uh captain cliche c p t cliche, so thanks for sharing that with us. All right now, should we go to a moment of sports at large?
0: This goes from a tweet from Brett Hollander. You can follow him at Brett Hollander, of course, broadcaster for w b l radio. How awkward is it going to be for Brian Williams to talk on
1: television about Ryan Lochte? This was a great tweet. This warmed <laughs> my heart in so many ways.
0: Not to mention playing it up on a, an NBC station, too. That's it's
1: slightly ballsy. It's ballsy. It's slightly ballsy. All right, next, we're going to go to a tweet from Utah Street Report who tweets at Utah Street Report. And first of all, folks, I want everyone to pass this on. We don't own this. We didn't do this. We're not responsible. But you are responsible for making sure it's a thing. Utah Street Report Derek Arnold tweets out, Very impressive by Adam. Hashtag Cap 10. That's right. C-A-P 10. Hashtag Cap 10. Make it a thing, Birdland.
0: Still not feeling it. Uh, So the weather has been really weird in Baltimore lately. And, um, well, we've got to start thinking outside the box in terms of how we're going to approach the weather in Baltimore. Mike Petrillo, you can follow him at Mike underscore Petrillo. He writes for Fangraphs, works for MLB.com. He does all kinds of things with StatCast. He says, dear at Rockies, please box up the humidor and send it to the at Orioles. They need it more than you. He raises a good point. With all that humidity, I bet
1: those balls are going pretty far right now. Jake, you want to take the next one? All right. The next one is from another spirit animal of yours, Dan Zaborski from ESPN, who tweets, at D Zaborski. The O's calling up pitchers from the farm right now is a bit like trying to find Kobe beef at a gas station near your house. Yikes. Yeah, I bet that doesn't taste very good. Uh, this last one, well, this generally is,
0: I guess, the best way to describe how most people in Berlin are feeling lately. Uh, it's actually a two part tweet. First one came from a fellow listener of the show, Ranting Oriole Bird. You can follow them at Ranting Oriole Gren. Also, great follow in terms of if you want to get some weather about um, inclement stuff hitting Canton Yards. Um, but it was asked What do you feel entitled to as an Orioles fan? Playoffs every year? Enjoy your baseball? Lots of dongs? Of course our good friends at utah street report responded back dongs and angst angst and dongs that sounds
1: pretty right no matter which way you go about it i think when we write our memoirs about our experiences watching the orioles during this period it will be called dongs and angst comma angst and dongs i'm thinking that's what jim Palmer's fourth marriage to me is going to sound like <laughs> all
0: right so it's been a rough week in birdland um uh, let's get into the into the dirty numbers, and uh, let's try to make some sense of it uh, for the rest of uh, rest of Birdland. All right, Birdland. So, last we met. We sat down on this podcast, and well, we may have opened up a Pandora's box. So we unleashed this whole thing, which is a bird con system, going anywhere between five, which is everything's cool, everything's great, all the way up to bird con one, where it's basically you're freaking out, everything's going to go be terrible, um, bad times are ahead, the dark ages are upon us, and uh, by the end of the week, um, I believe every one of you. Um, that responded to us, was at BirdCon 1. And here's the thing. Unless you are um, presidential candidate Donald Trump, you should not go to BirdCon 1 that quickly. This is ridiculous that folks are going that quickly. Now, BirdCon <laughs> 1 is huge. Yeah, it's huge. Again, these hands, look at these hands. Um, but look, I, I stayed last week I was at BirdCon 4, where it's like, eh, I'm a little worried, but I'm not that bad. And even after this past week, I can't say them at BirdCon 1. I think that people need to step away from the button, which is nuclear assault on Birdland, and um, maybe get some perspective uh, about maybe it's not as bad as we we think it is. So the one thing that a lot of people I think have been throwing out is this is a team that fell apart last year in August. Oh, did they ever? and, And they certainly did. And and they're doing the same thing this year in August, which I think is a bit of a stretch. So I went back and pulled up the August
1: 2015 numbers because whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry, people were emoting, and you looked up the numbers to refute them. I, I, I did. I'm shocked. I'm, I know. Um, so
0: I, I pulled up the numbers, um, looking at August 2013 because I had blacked it on my head. I was like, I know it's bad, but I don't know how bad it is. So in July of 2015, eleven fourteen, in August of 2015. Uh, 11 and 18 to go through that month. So a 379 winning percentage for the given month. Um, I, I pulled up some additional numbers as well from hitting 89 weighted runs created plus a split of 247, 292 and 414 um, starters went 4.53 with their ERA 4.47 with their FIP and 4.26 with their XFIP, which is right around like 25th in the in major league baseball. Um, but the relievers did great in August as a, as a positive last year, they were, about fifth in baseball with like a 3.21 ERA. Um they also entered into August with a 52 and 50 record, which I think is really important. So folks to give some perspective, we entered into August with a 59 in 45 record. So last year you were two games above 500. This year you are 14 games above 500 coming into August.
1: Yeah, and so what that says is that last year they fell apart from an only okay season. Correct. That they they, they Melted down on what was a season that needed work anyway in order to make the playoffs, and what you do when you're 14 games above 500 is you have built yourself a cushion for the rough part of the season. Remember, this team started out seven and zero, right? And we said, no, this team is not good enough to be seven and zero, but boy howdy, it's nice to stockpile those wins now because we're going to need them later. Hey, hey, Birdland, now is the later, right? So it,
0: it came back to um 2015 we had a great june we had a great june now and this year too but it's important to realize that you had a great april and you had a decent may um compared to 2015 so by having a great april you're allowed to have down months down months happen for playoff teams um i I posted on there you know this august so far the Orioles are 8 and 11 so they're three games under 500 which again is not great it's a 421 winning percentage But it's not abysmal at the same time. And I know also if you go back and look at July's numbers, they were 12 and 14. So you could easily come back and say, well, since the All-Star break, they haven't been a 500 team. So that's not a playoff team. But we've seen playoff teams before come out of the All-Star break and have major slumps. It doesn't mean that they're going to be this way in late August or through September or even into October. So I posted one um, article Um, from Dave Cameron from a few years ago, where it actually looked at winning percentages uh, for teams that got into the playoffs um, in the second half. And there was a bunch of teams in there that had like a 400 to 450 winning percentage in the second half of the season, but still managed to get into the playoffs. And when they got into the playoffs, they managed to put out like a 550 to 600 winning percentage. Certainly not great, but also not terrible at the same point. Um, So it, it comes to the point of if they make the playoffs, and that's, of course, the big if, all this doesn't matter. Everything gets wiped in October, and it's a brand new, brand-new start.
1: We'll see what happens. You know, Buck Walter says it all the time. There are separate seasons, right? Yeah, preseason, you've got the season, you've got September, and you've got the postseason. And all are completely different from the rest. I, I feel like I am I need to rush to your defense here, Scott, and that makes me uncomfortable, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. You are responding to a, a suite of negativity that that has been just— bouncing around Birdland, especially through social media. That, that's what yeah. you're reacting to. This is not you playing the role of Jim Hunter. This is not you trying to rally the troops around a sinking ship. This is you trying to bring some rational thought to it. And here's the thing that I'd like to point out. There may be a point in the season when it's time to hit the panic button. Oh, there's no question about it. But I don't think that's now. But no, no, no. It, then that's the whole thing. Is, they, th- is there is a
0: possibility if the streak continues and it gets into let's say the second week in September and nothing has really improved, I will be the first one to come back and say, guys, it's not going to happen this year. Um, They just couldn't pull it out. But there is a lot of games left to play. And the people that are losing their minds saying, this team is not going to play in October, you just have to look at the standing and say, have you not been watching baseball for a long enough period of time to see teams fall apart or teams make runs and teams go on hot streaks? I mean, this isn't like a team that has put together a few wins here and there. This is a team that's gone on multiple winning streaks. So you're one winning streak away from probably getting the division lead back.
1: And here's the thing. those te- That team in 2015 had two consecutive six-game losing streaks right. separated by a win. Yeah. Right? So if we get into that territory, okay, this team's in trouble. Yeah, they, absolutely. But the thing that this team has had is that they've been able to manage their losing streaks with, with greater winning streaks and they've managed to keep the losing streaks less than 6. Let's put it that way. Right. The Orioles are in a funk right now. They're riding the struggle bus and they are riding hard. Yeah, but it's nothing that isn't recoverable. You just said it. They're two and a half games out of first place by no means with I think as of tonight it's 39 games including the one they're playing right. here on Monday. With 39 games, a two and a half game lead is nothing. Right. And this team remains in the driver's seat for the wild card race. And so the the question really becomes can the Orioles play to the point in which they are still in control of their own destiny, so to speak, or still in the conversation or whatever you want to say about it? Or are they going to be put in the position where they put themselves on the outside looking in? If they do, they're in trouble. Right. Well, this whole time after the All Star break we've been talking about um
0: you know the offense is not, not clicking. They're terrible uh, July was an abysmal month in terms of offensive performance. But so far for August, Jake, they're posting a 104 weighted runs created plus. And I'm not saying that's great like it was in June. But that's certainly manageable if they can get a few things together. You know, the starters are the starters. Are the starters. I mean, we're posting a 4.91 ERA and a 4.60 FIP. Um, the big issue is, and I posted this earlier on Twitter, um, relief pitching has been absolutely abysmal. 5.52 ERA. 4.99 FIP and a 4.53 XFIP. And I know the detractors out there are going to say, well, that's because Tyler Wilson and Abalto Jimenez and Logan and Andruzik and Odrisamer and Espagne. But the fact of the matter is, the Orioles had to go to these pitchers. And in the past, when the Orioles went to long men like this, they didn't blow the game out of the water. Um, In this case, they are. So, you know, this comes back to a point that you'd like to make, which was, in certain instances, TJ McFarland does have value because even though he doesn't get, you know, that flashy, you know, win or he doesn't say, "Oh, that was a really good start," he doesn't put the game out of reach in a lot of instances. And it's felt like in certain games, the games have gotten out of reach. But I, I posted a picture um, from Fangrass about some of the really pitchers. Jake, did you want to look through some of these names and just kind of point out a few
1: things that you noticed? Well, I just want to ask you real quick. Sure. You say, okay it's not a good argument to say that a lot of this struggle from August is the fault of Logan and Druzik and, and Vance Worley and, Uh and uh, Baldo and Odrizon or Despagne, again, still the best Dumas villain that we know. Um, my question is, okay, here we are. It's late September in, or it's late August into September. Do the Orioles have better options to go to than these guys, or do the Orioles have to hope that these guys are going to be better? They have to
0: hope that—well, Logan and Drew's like make no sense. I mean, I think everyone looking back at that was just like, why are you making this move?
1: I hope he's on a flight uh, back across the Pacific. Right. And a Jimenez
0: really has only been brought in to basically mop up. Again, a seven-run
1: lead is, is too close.
0: So there's a few pitchers in here that I think are of concern. Vance Worley, um, since going to the bullpen uh, in, in this month, has been pretty abysmal. And Vance Worley was an extreme boon for this team right there with Dylan Bundy in a relief role. Being able to pitch multiple innings and being able to uh, maintain the game is the best way to describe it. And since August, he's pitched to a 5.63 ERA, 6.65 FIP, and a 5.29 XFIP. Um, the, the big issues are home runs. home runs per nine innings for Vance Worley. So he's given up the long ball. Um, Another person that I think everyone knows about is Brad Brock, who um, just hasn't had a feel for that changeup and has been absolutely abysmal. Again, posting uh, a 5.68 ERA and a 5.20 FIP during that time. So with Vance Worley struggling, Brad Bach struggling, and Darren O'Day on the DL, you're left with Michael Givens and Zach Burton. And and Givens at times has had his own struggles this season. And Givens has had his own struggles as well. Um on Monday night, for example, right now we're watching it. Uh, Michael Gevins gave up a home run, um, basically in the seventh inning. So again, a pitcher that has been impeccable in terms of being a setup role, um,
1: again, is not quite as good as Brad Brock was in the first half of the season. Let me ask you this. Um, Parker Bridwell came yeah. up, made his major league debut. I was in the house. Sorry, that's a loss. Um, and I thought he was okay. You know, he got uh, he got a lot of things out of the way, including giving up his first home run, his first strikeout, his first game in the bigs, all that kind of good stuff. Do you think that Bridwell has a role in the bullpen moving forward, or do you think he's going to be back up in September and he'll just be an extra guy every once in a while? September, every once in a while. Um,
0: I think it comes down to he's probably similar to that, like, Rule 5-ish pick. Um,
1: great arm, um, great delivery, terrible command. <laughs> do, you, do you think that players like Bridwell will give, again— Um, those innings that we need in conjunction with the other guys we can usually trust. I I think that one of the strengths about Dan Duquette is that he gets the last drop of every pitcher that he can get. And he's really adept at getting, you know, really good innings out of guys like Chaz Rowe. And then once they're exposed, just kind of tossing them aside. I, I wonder if With the Orioles, with the benefit of the forty-man roster, will be able to cobble together their bullpen and take advantage of of people inning by inning, you know, here and there for three outs, rather than having to put a seven-man pen together and hoping for the best. I think he'll be able to put
0: outs and innings together, but I think when you are going to get into high leverage situations, such as Mm -hmm. playing the Blue Jays or playing the Red Sox in playoff baseball, you don't want to be going to someone like Parker Bridwell and get those high leverage situations you want to be able to go to Zach Britton, Darren O'Day, Michael Givens, or Brad Brock and say, we need to get out of this inning, we're going to give you the ball. Make it, it happen. Make it happen. If it's one of those games where it's like, eh, we're down by two runs, try to hold on to it. If you give up another run, and eh, we're not going to be happy about it, but we're going to just try to keep this close. That's fine. I'm, I'm okay with Parker Birdwell. But if you're coming in and saying, we've got a one-run lead, we're going to the seventh, the last person I want to do is give Parker Birdwell the ball.
1: We haven't talked about the most important reliever we've got. Okay. Ryan Flaherty. Oh. Uh, That may have been one of the better things I've ever seen. Watching a position player pitch is fun, but then you realize what
0: scenario it took to get here, and it makes you cry. Hey, he was not the worst pitcher we threw
1: out there that night. And that tells you everything you need to know. Ryan Flaherty was one of the more effective guys to grace the mound for the Baltimore Orioles that night. I I hope to see him again. right.
0: Well, (sighs) Personally, I think if you look at the relief pitching, I think that's the major outlier right now. The starters are being the starters. The batters are being the batters right now. The relief pitching right now is the major outlier, and that has been the proverbial strength of the Baltimore Orioles for years upon years. And they definitely had an off month this month. So in my opinion, if you just improve the bullpen at this time, um, you get back to being your same old way. So they've got to figure out some way to get Brad Brock back into first half form is, is the best way to put it or get Darren O'Day back and have him be the dominant stuff that he's been in previous years. But in, in my opinion, they're sixty 67 and 56 right now. They're 11 games above 500 um, going about 500 would get Neil them about 86 wins. I don't think it would quite get them a wildcard spot, but it would put them in the realm. And if you would tell me right now, Hey, with 40 games to go, You just need to play a little bit over 500. That's the kind of baseball that I want to see as a fan in August and September. And I'm not willing to give up on this team and say, eh, this team is done. I'm willing to move on. It's just not going to be our season.
1: Are you telling me that the Orioles have the opportunity to play, wait for it, meaningful games in September? Correct. Which, again, we didn't really even have last year. I know people keep
0: thinking that we had somewhat meaningful games in September, but it it, was over in August. It was over in August. I mean... You watched it out just to say, well, maybe something crazy will happen. But we're going to get to September again this year, and there's going to be meaningful baseball. I don't care what happens this week. Like, even if they choke this week, there's still only going to be a few games back in the worst case scenario. So, if I'm only, let's say, two to three games back going into next week, I'm going to be in September and be playing meaningful baseball. That's all I ever asked for. That's what I asked for in 2012. I just want to play meaningful games in September. And for Orioles fans to say, oh, we're not going to win the division, there's no point to watch this anymore, drives
1: me bonkers right now. And, And in September, the Orioles, because of the schedule, are going to have the opportunity to play the teams that they need to leapfrog in order to win the division. Right. And again, if they go out and they lay an egg, well, then they're in trouble. Right. But right now, as of the 22nd of August... The Orioles have every good a chance, as as anybody else, to win the division and to play in the playoffs. Let, let me ask you this. Yeah. The Orioles don't happen to win the division, which, which, is, not, which is not out of play. Which I don't think is going to happen. I think they're going to get a wild card. If you think that they win a wild card, I mean, that's still a successful season. Right? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Getting a wild card berth and getting the playoffs and getting a chance to play it for a team that was predicted to win... 72 games by pakoda and even with other projection models, said eh, you know they'll maybe win like 81 or 82 games, but wasn't a playoff thing. Can you look at any other playoff odds from like fangrass or BP, and they said, oh the Orioles have like a 15 percent chance to get to the playoffs. It would be a monumental season just to get into the wild card game, yeah. especially with the pitching staff the way it's been the whole
1: season. I I don't think it's it's out of the realm at all for them to win the division at this point. And again. They could go out and they could blow it against the Blue Jays and the Red Sox yeah. in September, and and okay, if that happens, that happens. But hey, it hasn't happened yet, and it's not uh, it's not a guarantee. All
0: right, well, we were talking about 2012 a little bit, and um, there was a, a moment, I guess you had about 2012. Um, l- let me let me cue you up on this one, Jake, and uh, let me see if it brings back some memories for you.
2: Hey, Baltimore. Thanks from the bottom of our hearts for all you've meant to us this year and your support. I can't tell you how much it's meant to me and the players.
1: Yeah, Scotty, I was was in the store the other day and this song came on the radio. And uh, it instantly brought a smile to my face. And I was imagining the likes of, you know, gone but not forgotten Orioles like Tommy Hunter and Robert Andino and, and Mark Reynolds jamming to an impossibly poppy song. Meanwhile, thanking Orioles fans for showing up. Showing up to the ballpark for a team that had done them wrong for a generation. And... Uh, you know, that was a really cool moment, I thought. It was it was the type of thing where the Orioles had an anthem, if you will, for a season that was truly special. And they've tried to do that every year since then, and none of them have had the staying power of Glad You Came. Uh, it's possible that none of the seasons since have matched the emotion of 2012, and it could be that the song choices are just crappier. I, I, I don't know where I fall on that. But it got me to thinking, in 2016... This season that has been both magical and frustrating. What would the song of this season be? What song would per- perfectly encapsulate the 2016 Orioles? What would their anthem be? Well, Orioles PR, please pull up a chair because Bird's Eye View is here to lay a little lack of insight and baseless opinion on this topic. So, Scotty, uh, I prepared a, a few tunes that I think are important uh, that, that may fit the bill. Uh, I, th- I think you also have a, have a couple. Um, so I was wondering if you, you would mind running the, uh, the ones and the twos and just play uh, a, a little bit of this. Oh, this is not right.
0: By the way, this is classic 80s, though.
1: Jake, can you describe to us what this is? Yeah, I think that this is uh, the Orioles embracing, you know, the ups and downs of the summer and uh, letting the Orioles fans know that they understand but sometimes watching the birds can be painful. Sometimes things just aren't fair. But in a very poppy, upbeat way of of making light of it and joining the fans in their frustration, they can, they can admit from time to time, it's a cruel, cruel summer. Awful.
0: Awful. Jake, you should know that if the Orioles PR is going to do anything, they're going to do something with a more contemporary piece of music so there's this new song out by because oh, Ka- i'm good at contemporary i know music. you are uh, there's this new song out by cage the elephant it's called trouble um and I-, I thought some of the words in here were not terrible to describe um maybe some of the woes of the pitching staff trouble on my left
2: trouble on my right i've been facing trouble
0: almost What I'm thinking is, get Brian Mass to come back and be part of this
1: video. Nope, you lost me. You had me uh, until you brought up Brian oh, Mass. Okay, darn, 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 darn. I was so close. All right, Scotty, this next one, before you hit play, I think it's important just to talk about what we're trying to accomplish here. I think the next one is, again, the Orioles acknowledging that they're holding on by the skin of their teeth. They're just barely going to make it into the playoffs. And I think that if they tried that approach and had a little fun with it, this could be the anthem of 2016. Terrible, terrible.
0: Now nah, I'm cutting you off right there. No. Oh, come on. No. Yeah, there you, go. there you go. All right, no more of that. You're really big on the 80s today. Uh, do you want to give another one for us, or do you want me? Absolutely. Why don't you go ahead and, and take you one? You
1: know what? It's the same vein. If you don't, if you don't think the 80s are appropriate for that, if you think that we need to, uh, we need to make this.
0: Wow, I can really tell your musical ta- talent here. Do you want to let the roll a bit?
1: It's the same song. I'm barely breathing, and and that with the Orioles' playoff chances is exactly where they are. I think that that is is the perfect anthem for 2016, and and not old man music. Well, not older
0: man music. All right Jake I'll tell you what I'm gonna do I'm gonna give you something that you might be able to recognize I say might be able to recognize because well at least it's from the 70s for you um, I had to do a lot of thinking about this one because well you don't recognize a lot of music um, but I think you'll be able to recognize this and I think maybe the Orioles PR will be able to recognize a little bit of this,
2: long, long, this
0: you never heard this one, have you? What is this? This is Long Promise Road by the Beach Boys from the 1970s.
2: Long promise,
0: no. You never were a Beach Boys fan. I never was.
2: No. No. If it wasn't
1: on Pet Sounds, it's dead to me. Ooh! ouch. Take that, Beach Boys fans. All right. So you, you went with the Beach Boys, which was a, a clear uh, you know attempt to win my heart. But I think the Orioles should acknowledge that sometimes they break their fans' hearts, and therefore this could have a lot of staying power. Ooh. You know, away, the Orioles uh, don't have success, but here at home, when we're no longer apart, the fans and the team, good things happen.
0: I kind of actually want to see the Orioles do this. It would be amazing. It would be amazing yeah can you do some of this choreography i'd i'd be all for it
1: i think they would be too
0: all right um why don't you go ahead and take another one and right, uh, you, introduce you, this you've one you've
1: given me crap for for the eras that i've i've gone to but i think that this next one the orioles are saying to the fans that they've given up on the team and that they need to bring something back all right i think i know we're gonna go with this one let me let me guess
0: yep i was expecting this one You know who would like this right now? Who's that? Matt Wheaters. No he wouldn't He You can just listen to this with Maverick in the background. But not goose. Not goose. Spoiler alert. Alright, can I do the last one? Please do. Alright, unless you've got one else that you really want to do. Uh
1: you know, I do have one. Uh let's see, I'm gonna skip skip the next one and go to the next one? Yeah, let's do the last one. Alright, we're gonna do the last one.
0: <sighs> Terrible.
1: This is the obvious choice. This is the obvious choice. If they're going to be up on the screen singing or lip syncing ridiculous music, this has to be it. By the way, if
0: Ryan Flaherty would dress as Rick Astley for a brief period of time, I'd I'd be the happiest man
1: in the world. All right. What are you going to close this out with?
0: All right. I I think the most obvious one to close out to is, so we talked about it in the last segment. They get to September. The Orioles get knocked out of contention and, uh, well, the Orioles always do the video premiere pretty much during the last few series of the season. So the Orioles will be entering into these series and be like, God, like, we're not going to the playoffs. we got nothing to play for. What can we play and do a tribute to? So I'm thinking, thinking something along this, Jake. Empty spaces. What are we living for? Abandoned places.
1: I guess we know. Another hero, another mind Behind the curtain in
0: the of oh, Hey Jake. I gotta tell you something. What's that? The show must, show must
1: go on. Show must go. I think they need to play that in the bottom of the ninth when they're down by eight. <laughs> That's a good one, actually. <laughs> Instead
0: of playing like the movie like tribute they need to play queen the show
1: must go on i, I was i was thinking about that actually because uh we went to the game last night the Orioles lost four to two so there was a chance that they would come back in the ninth and win it but i was thinking back to that game that ended up 15-8 and i was like did did they really just go through the whole movie montage when there was no chance of that happening or did the uh the pr folks just say you know what forget it forget it all right, well I, I think we've done
0: enough harm to all of your eardrums with our music selections for this
1: but hey let us know what you think the Orioles should lip sync in in a message to the fans yeah if there's a few good ones we'll definitely retweet it out there but uh, share us the link on on Twitter and
0: we especially would love those to of hear. you that know more of the popular music of this decade
1: well why does it have to be this decade ageist? Well, okay Ageist. yeah what do I kind of say you miss me shaking my fist yeah
0: with that let's get into the lovely numbers this week in Fantasy Boss.
1: These don't sound like lovely totals to me. Oh, they're lovely. Feet, up and down, inside and out, and
0: across. Yeah. Well, last week's category was hits for the week. Um, I went with Manny Machado, who had six, and Jakey with with Adam Jens, who had five. Are you kidding me? So just a, a, a slight nudge. So that went to 97. But wait your wild cards hit for some reason this last week. So I picked a new category last week, which was next Orioles multi homer game. And sure enough, Chris Davis being Chris Davis decided to pop two out of the yard in one game. So thank you very much, Chris Davis. You've
1: brought the score now to nine to eight. You don't understand how this is supposed to work. I was supposed to run away with it with these with these wild cards. That's how it was supposed to work. You're right. That was the script. That was the script. All right. So, Jake, you get to pick the category this week. I also get to pick a new wild and card. And you get to pick a new wild card. All right. I'm going to start with a wild card. Okay. Because I'm excited about this one. All right. I gave it some thought. Okay. But I need your blessing on the wild card. Okay. I'm going to move from an offensive category to a pitching category. Okay. And I actually feel really strongly about this. I would like to uh, leave the category as such. Next pitcher to fail to get into the third.
0: Oh, wow.
1: That's a great one. No, it's horrible because there are five good choices. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. I'm going to go with the obvious choice. Which is Wade Miley? That is the obvious choice. I'm going to go for one of the more disheartening options. Yeah. Which is Kevin Gossman.
0: Yeah, I could easily see Kevin Gossman having a struggle one game and giving up a bunch of home runs and Buck basically saying, you know what, it's not going to happen today. It's not working today. Yeah, not working today. Um don't like the, the choice, but I could definitely see having. But I think mine is the odds-on money choice.
1: Oh, I, I think you're you're absolutely going with chalk, and you may be rewarded for it. Yeah. So, what's your regular category for this week? All right. So we did hits last week. Wow, less than three innings pitch. I know, I that's,
0: know. that's that's nasty. That that rolls right in the opposite face of that first segment.
1: By the way, so thank you very much for doing that. Hey. I, I I thought about it all the way over here. The whole car ride. Is you like, have a dark mind. Where can I just twist the knife? Wow. Okay. All right. So, uh, by the way, next wild card, uh, next week, if we don't click on a wild card, we may want to consider uh, replacing one of the pitching with a, a hitting category. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, the 9K would be a good one to replace. Um. All right. So, for the regular fantasy boss, we did hits last week. Recently, we've done OBP. We've tried to keep this nice... And simple. Yeah. I'm gonna go a little more um, a little more complex, but not really, and and one that we've we've harped on here as important. I'm gonna go with wins probability added Ooh. from the offense. Okay, from the offense. All right. Um
0: Wow. You know, it, it's interesting looking at the win probability added, one of the players that is the worst of all so far this season is Adam Jones, mm-hmm. which is kind of shocking. Um you know, I'm gonna go not so much chalk, but definitely pseudo chalk. I'm gonna go Jonathan Scope, okay, um, who's been pretty clutch this season and getting some big moments. So I think Jonathan Scope's gonna have some big moments in this upcoming week for win probability added.
1: I'm gonna take a risk. Okay, I'm gonna take a risk, and it's one that I think could either knock it out of the park or or really, uh, really cost me. I'm gonna go with Pedro Alvarez.
0: All right. And again, that doesn't hurt you that he's only going to be in a few select appearances because if he has a few really good games, he's going to have a really high win probability out of it. The more games
1: you play, the more likely you come back to zero. He just needs to actually do something with with those opportunities. Exactly. All right. It's weird because he's turned into a player that I now start to think to myself, you know what? He may actually do some good stuff for us. So now he's going to start disappointing you. Absolutely. That's how it works. All right. All right. So win probability added. I'm going with John Scope. Jake's
0: going with El Toro. We will see who owns it this week. And with that, let's go ahead and dive into the good, the bad, and the ugly.
1: That's right. It's time again for the good, the bad, and the ugly. As per our norm, I'm going to go ahead and get started with my good. And, Scotty, this week my good is Chris Davis. He had a great week. Let's look at the numbers, shall we? Weighted runs created plus 255. Wow. A WOBA of 551. Yeah. And if you want to look at the back of the baseball card, he was 5 for 19 with 5 home runs. Uh, Granted, all single, uh, all solo shots, plus 3 walks against 7Ks. He had a good week, or did he, Scotty? I set you up with the last segment and this one. We talked about uh, wins probability added. Chris Davis had a negative point oh one wins probability added in this last week, in which he had a two fifty five weighted runs created plus. He had five home runs. What kinds of things do you think led to him having a lower than zero? wins probability versus all those stats that i just gave you
0: sure so uh, it comes back to uh the Orioles are down by seven runs and chris davis did the stuff so it doesn't really matter too much um one clear example would be steve pierce who <laughs> hit that home run but again it was 12 to 1 at the time so it doesn't really matter so steve pierce had a whopping zero wpa um so you have to be in the ball game in pivotal moments and hitting the ball and not just whenever you darn feel like it so yes sequencing does matter in baseball but not chris davis's fault he had a great week He had a great week but yeah it doesn't make a big difference in terms of the standings um so my good for the week um it's kind of a sentimental pick because i think i've picked him before but i'm gonna go jj hardy who say it again yeah who's really felt like he's been back i really enjoyed seeing those two home runs And again, we talked about earlier this season when he had his two home runs. It's just like, yeah, those are not really home runs because they were wrapped around the pesky bowl. But J.J. Hardy is starting to drive the ball into gaps, drive the ball with power again. Um, He's posted a 350 ISO uh, this week, and that's partly because of the the two home runs. But J.J. Hardy certainly looks like he's hitting with authority again uh, in terms of slugging. Uh, That's exactly what I want to see from someone that's betting in the eighth or ninth hole. So J.J. Hardy uh, gets my good for the
1: week. And it's such an easy guy to root for. Yeah. All right, my bad. I'm going to go with Chris Tillman. Chris Tillman had a rough outing. And look, the thing is, he's been so solid for us all year. Um, Buck was quick to say that it was not Tillman's shoulder that was the problem. It was rust and just poor execution, uh, which just sucks because we need it from that guy. So, uh, Chris Tillman, you had a bad outing this week. Hey, that happens, but it makes you bad.
0: Yeah. So, my bad for this week is going to go to zach Britton. what and it doesn't go to zach Britton per se in terms of his appearance because he only got into this past week one one out not even an inning an out so he got a third of an inning and he did that poorly to be in your bad he he did it it's the reason it's bad is because zach Britton comes back to this whole thing of how zach Britton is a cy young candidate which by the way uh we'll be having a few interviews on uh baltimore sports today's podcast you should check it out but when you're only able to get your so-called MVP or your so-called Cy Young in during a week for one out, yeah, it kind of of drops the value down on it. So um, Zach Burton gets the bad because you didn't get to use him and get any value for him. So uh, bad on the Orioles for not getting Zach Burton into games and making it worthwhile for him.
1: All right. My ugly is going to go – well, I'm going to go chalk now, Scott. My ugly goes to Wade Miley. Okay. Dude, he is killing this team. And he used to be a Baldo Jimenez. All Wade Miley had to do was be more effective than a Baldo Jimenez. And he has failed to do so. Look, I know that good, bad, and the ugly is supposed to be a week-to-week enterprise. We're supposed to take a look at the last week's worth of production. And his last week sucked. An inning in two-thirds, and he just gave up the game. But, I'm just going to point out that you've broken the rules now of this podcast three times. It's what I do. Okay. It's what I, And <laughs> things come in threes. That's true. But when you look at his entire career, all four starts, like Chris Davis, strikeouts. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> and now it's a sad podcast. <laughs> Scotty was telling you how you shouldn't worry Orioles fans that everything's okay. And then he just dug it in there at the end. Wade Miley, his career as an Oriole, all, all four starts of it have been pretty miserable. The last, uh, the last appearance that he had prior to this week, he only made it through four and a third innings. Look, Wade Miley has to be average in order for this team to have it. Yeah. He has to be better than Obaldo Jimenez. He has to, and he's not. And for that low, low bar not to be met, to just be better than Abaldo, to have him fail at that, that is ugly. As ugly as ugly could be. Yeah, that's, it, you didn't ask
0: for much from Wade Miley, and he's not delivering it. Greatly disappointing. All right, so ugly for the week. It's an obvious one. It's got to go to Birdland, Right. Birdland has been absolutely atrocious this past week, in my opinion. Let's go back to the Red Sox series, where attendance was dismal. And people will come back and point out, oh, it's midweek, you know, I really can't get out to that game, and it's premium pricing, but it certainly didn't stop a bunch of uh, Northern Virginia fans from coming up and rooting for their team. Your team is in a playoff race, and well, you could not give a darn right now, it seems like. I'll, I'll take away the Red Sox series, because... To a certain point, yeah, it's, you know, it's a little bit higher pricing. But I want to come back to um, one of the games from the weekend from Saturday where um, people went in to get the promotional item and then immediately popped out. And this has been a big harping point um, for me for a long time. So you could look at the attendance this weekend and you could say, oh, there's like 35,000 people there. And then you look in the stands and be like, there is not 35,000 people there. It's probably twenty five to 26,000 people there. Uh, you look. We talked about in the first segment. This is a really good team right now. They may not play playing great right now, but this is a really good team that if you watch them during the first half, you know how good they can be. You know they can instantly get in there and immediately turn that power on. You saw it even with that loss on Friday where they hit four home runs in the first five batters. And for you to say, you know what, that doesn't really interest me, or to say, eh, they're just going to blow it, that's not what a good Orioles fan is. We waited so long to see good teams we waited so long to see meaningful baseball, to turn your back on them now and just say, well, there's always next year. You're doing yourself a crime to basically forget on this team at this moment.
1: And the thing is, is that it won't always be like this. Correct. We waited a a generation, we waited 15 years for the team not to be awful. And after the 2018 season, all bets are off. Absolutely. This is the time to go see the Orioles while they're good. Because this team has not proven that they can rebuild and do it quickly. <laughs> this is the window. Right. Go out and watch them while it's still fun. Because you don't know when it's gonna happen again. All right. So that that's my ugly. Um
0: and again, it's it's mainly at uh, the majority of Birdland, not so much our listeners in certain regard, although some of you get a little bit of a nod for the bird con one stuff. Um but meh, whatever. I'm just more mad at everyone being a grumpy man and we're gonna say, get off my lawn. All right, Jake, why don't you go ahead and blow the save?
1: Scotty, uh, as we blow the save for this particular episode, I want to make a quick note on the Orioles on their handling of the weather for Sunday's game. And I'm not going to get into the way that they handle when you can play the game and when you can't. I feel like they do a really good job with that. But it always feels like the Orioles are doing something off the field to irritate me. I hate the way they handle ticket prices. They just do so many things that you look at and you say, God, that's so annoying. Why? Why are you doing that? Why are you shooting yourself in the foot? But but on Sunday, they definitely deserved an attaboy, and I want to give it to them. The Orioles allowed their fans to enter, leave, and then re-enter the ballpark during yesterday's rain marathon, which was briefly interrupted by a baseball game. They allowed those of us that walked through the doors to go out get under under uh, cover to not spend three plus hours six plus hours waiting for the game to start in the concessions you know stuck in in the concourse, and then when the fans came back, those of them that did, the Orioles let them sit wherever they wanted, yep, and that's something we've griped on in the past we have I walked in in the fourth inning i was walk I walked in the fourth inning, I was warmly greeted at the door you walked on- U- onto Utah street right yeah, yeah. I, I was given a voucher for the uh, free giveaway that, that, you know, started giving away six hours earlier, and then walked into the lower concourse uh, to have an usher walk up to me, come find me, and say, please sit wherever you want. Where can I wipe down a seat for you?
0: Awesome service. That's exactly what you want to hear.
1: No hesitating, nothing but a smile. And really, in reality, that was kind of the highlight of that ball game Because, you know, again, we walked out with another Orioles loss. But the thing is is that even when you cannot deliver on the field Orioles you can deliver off the field and provide a ball game experience that has people walking out thinking hey that was a fun game at the yard so Orioles you did it all right yesterday outside of the baseball and we don't get that often enough from you and so i just wanted to say good job good effort
0: yeah, it's a good job. And also I think starting that game as late as they did made great amount of sense for preserving the pitchers on both stats. And I'm sure both teams were greatly appreciative of saying, Hey, thanks for not blowing out our starters right when that game was about to start. So yeah. Kudos to both 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 the Orioles and uh also for the Astros for um I guess allowing that situation to occur. Before we move on, yeah.
1: I was in the I was in the park, I had a disagreement with my wife. Okay. And you know, I don't like to, you know, fall asleep on the podcast mad. Yeah. Uh, Chris Davis's play. Yeah. We were sitting in Section 8, so we had a front row seat to it. Yeah. Chris Davis looked like he slipped yeah, yeah. right as he was trying to make the play. Buck complained that uh, it got lost in the lights. It made an excuse for him, sure. basically. Do you think that that was a factor of Chris Davis not being a real outfielder, or do you think it was just a, eh, those things happen from time to time? I think
0: that if it was a player... um, that was a halfway decent outfielder. I think he catches that ball. I agree. So I agree. I mean, right. I, do I think the other conditions are of notable? Absolutely. But you know what? Right fielders deal with that all the time in Camden Yard. So, yeah. so yeah, I think it was an excuse to protect his player. Nobody else slipped. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, we're going to go ahead and close out this podcast because we've been talking to yours for some time now. Um, Oops. That's all right. It wasn't that bad.
1: Um, Jake, anything to say? No, I've I've said way too much. And so with that, Baltimore and beyond, I will bid you all a fond adieu adieu. Baltimore, be safe out there, and let's go
0: O's. Speaking about your lovely wife, what's her record now?
1: Uh, we don't...
0: It's like zero and nine? Yeah, so it's not ban Jake, everyone. It's hashtag ban Sarah. Ooh. I said nothing.
1: But I did. I'm just, I'm over here being a guy I'm just here I still have a winning record
0: Jake is preserving himself right now
1: I heard that'll make you go blind